You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. Big thing is is uh, critical metals are still taking away a lot of our thunder here in the in, in the gold space. So people are still uh, excited about that, and um, you know. Uh, but I did, but I did hear from some that a generalist investment funds are starting to get interested. They, they got that at, at the BMO conference, which was right before the PDAC conference. Welcome back to Mining Stock Education. I'm your host, Bill Powers, speaking today with David Erfley, the junior miner junkie. Junior miner junkie with Y.com is David's website. He runs a subscription service, a teaching service for investing and learning about how to invest in junior mining stocks. David, welcome back onto the program. You were just in Toronto, but now you're back in California, a little warmer where you are now. You were there for the PDAC conference. That's the world's biggest mineral exploration conference. 23 to 24,000 people were there. Tell us about the vibe. What Did it just feel like an industry uh, conference or did it have kind of a feel of an investment conference? Was retail there and excited? You know, not a... I, I didn't see a lot of excited retail. You know, the, there was a lot of youngsters in the crowd, but that's usually students, you know. So, but uh, the attendance was was pretty good. You know, twenty four thousand uh, in attendance. That was good. Uh, on Sunday it was kind of dead, which it usually is. On Monday it was really packed. I mean, and then we're thinking, wow, it's it's the vibe is good. It's you know, people are excited. Uh, but the big thing is is uh, critical metals are still taking away a lot of our thunder here in the in in the gold space. People are still uh, excited about that, and um, you know. Uh, but I did, but I did hear from some that uh, generalist investment funds are starting to get interested. They they got that at, at the BMO conference, which was right before the PDAC conference. I didn't attend that, but I always like to talk to you know my friends and colleagues to find out you know what the, what the vibe was there. Um, a lot of meetings, you know, a lot of corporate meetings, a lot of uh, you know. Uh, Buy side meetings, a lot of so, a lot of uh, capital uh, capital market meetings. So, you know, it's it's you know people are seeing the value. You know, they're not they're not ready to pull the trigger yet, but I think they're seeing the value. They're getting interested. You know, they've made a lot of money in the critical metal space. I mean, if you take a look at the lithium chart, it's got the it looks like a huge top to me, along with the uranium chart. You know, um, a lot of money has been made in that sector. While the the gold mining stocks have been going down, those stocks have been going up. Um, so I think there's going to be some rotation coming out of there pretty soon. And um, if you combine that um, lack of in, you know that uh, interest going into the the uh, critical metals and some in uranium, and if you combine that with the with the generalist investor, which hasn't been in gold stocks in over a decade. Basically, you know, they left in 2013 and they haven't returned yet. That is transcribed into the most apathetic market I've seen in my 20 years that I've been in this sector. I mean, if you just take a look at the volume on the venture exchange, it's it's even it's the lowest it's been since 2001 when gold was $250 an ounce. And and, um, it's just sector apathy. I mean, you see the the the. uh, smart money, the professionals, you know, they see the opportunity, right? Um, so they're starting to get interested. Um, but it's just, uh, we, we, just, we need to have that, um, that uh, generalist investor interest come back into the sector. Um, because basically, and, and I don't think that's going to happen until, you know, $2,000 gold has been 
a strong ceiling for over a decade, that needs to become a floor. We've had a weekly close. We've had a daily close above 2,000 several times. We've had a weekly close above 2,000 a few times. We've yet to have a monthly close. When that takes place, momentum chasers come in. They see the cup and handle. They see the huge you know, 12-year cup and handle chart on, on, on the gold price. And they're like, they, they'll know this is game on. Gold price is, is going to break out. Hey, for the for the generalist funds that you were told are looking at this space, what are they looking at it as a value play, or how are they perceiving it? They see they see what's on the horizon. They see the Fed eventually making a policy error, which they usually do. I mean, what the Fed is doing, you know, they're basing what they're doing on lagging indicators, right? I mean, um, jobs, you know, inflation indicators. These are lagging indicators, and you've got such an aggressive. A monetary, such an aggressive rate hike program. This is the most aggressive rate hike program in over 40 years, right? So um, that takes a while to get into the system. That's lagging also. It takes about 12 months. So since they started, um, you know, about what, eight, nine months ago. Um, so that takes us into early summer where something could start breaking. Because basically um, what Powell said on Tuesday while I was at the conference, you know, <laughs> the PDAC curse again, where we get a big whack while, while PDAC's going on. Um, what he said basically took a soft landing off the table. Aggressive rate hikes for longer than expected. But you didn't buy into a soft landing to begin with, though. Right? No, I never. Of course yeah. not. I mean, it's, of course not. I mean, their 2% inflation target is pure fantasy. They'll be lucky to get it to 4%. So, you know, I mean, just take a look at at. U.S. private debt, private debt uh, to GDP, it's two hundred eighty percent. I mean, just the just the interest alone on the national debt now, which is over thirty one point five trillion, is one going to be one point three trillion this year. So something's going to they're going to keep raising rates until something breaks, which is what they do. And um, the gold sector is going to be a big beneficiary of that. They're going to have to you know stop raising rates and then eventually reverse policy, and that's when you know everything takes off in our sector. And that's when that'll probably be the catalyst for gold price finally getting over $2,000 and staying there. But what I don't want the catalyst to be, of course, is something very harshly geopolitical, like, you know, something nuclear. You know, nobody wants to see that. Um, And if that happens, you know, gold stocks are going to get hit. Any elf stocks are going to get hit, even though gold stocks are, are ridiculously depressed and there's just no interest. I mean, if you take a look at how they were selling off into what I believe was, was a major bottom in late September. Um, you know, that, and then they went up 55% in four months. The, the, the rollover now is taking, is taking place on much less volume. Dave, what do you, how do you see copper? A lot of your gold companies also have exposure to copper. How do you see the copper pi- price performing? You know, um, I, I, I like, I like the, I like the story, you know, because, you know, these copper mines are, are, are running dry and, you know, we got to replace all this supply and it's just not there. Uh, I, I get the big picture and I do have two stocks that have heavy exposure to copper. Um, but, you know, when this recession takes place and I think it's going to be a stagflationary recession, you know, um, copper, copper could get hit. But um, I still like, you know, the, the, the company that I have is, is the, the, the two companies I have are developers that have huge exposure to copper. Their value plays right now are very cheap. So, you know, I've got I've got the time and you know I don't I don't trade on margin. So um I can sit and wait. And Dave, you have uh your exit strategy you've articulated in writing to your subscribers. 
Are you willing to share a little bit of your exit strategy for this cycle that you've already outlined? Certainly, certainly. Yeah, it's uh, basically my strong belief is, well, it's, it proves out in, in the history of, of the gold stock cycle since 2001. Gold stocks make major bottoms every seven years, right? We had one in 2001. We had one in 2008. That was a the bottom. You had to be really quick to catch that one. And then we had one in 2015, which which was was more cumulative. And um, so, so I believe we had another major bottom in 2008 when the when the GDX corrected from its former peak of 60 percent. GDXJ, I think, was about 60 percent. But um, so, and then once we had that low, it came it came with you know with just everybody selling out of their gold stocks. It was obvious. The, the low in 2022. I think you said 2008. Right. You meant 2022. Right. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it was classic you know capitulation uh ending to uh two and a half year um bear market which were where you know everybody was just done i'm done i'm throwing in the towel right and interestingly enough um the, the the peak in 2016 that happened from the from the late 2015 low you know that was just a six-month bull market and that's that's the interesting thing about what's happened in the past decade we basically had six-month bull markets and we've had three-year bear markets but but i digress so 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 the move up into 2016 was about a 300 percent move from from the absolute low and it took exactly 26 months to consolidate same thing happened in 2020 but, but the move up only took 4.8 months it was about the same amount about but it came from a V bottom after the, you know, after the forced selling that came out of the pandemic panic. And that took exactly 26 months to consolidate. So that's into September of 2022. There, there is an open gap that's a little higher. And I was, I left it on the table for my subscribers. Uh, I have, I've been warning them that, Hey, there's a possibility that this gap will fill. I don't think it will, but I think, but, but it certainly might. Well, what's taken place this week, I think the odds have increased of that gap filling. And those gaps are at 23 on the GDX and I believe 29 on the GDXJ. So I believe there's a strong possibility those gaps will fill. But if you take a look at the volume on a lot of these juniors, there really isn't much. Some of them have already tested their September lows on a fraction of the volume that when they made those lows in September 22 of those capitulation lows. So... Basically, you just in this sector, you know, when you're when you're bottom fishing and you're accumulating at what you believe to be a major bottom, it's very frustrating. It's very difficult. It's very challenging. But if you know what you're doing, and this is the third time I've done it over uh, over the previous seven year cycle lows, I did it in 2008 and I did it in late 2015. You could do very well, but you just can't use margin. You have to have tons of patience and you cannot buy strength. A recent guest, Peter Grandich, uh, warned me and my listeners not to put more money into junior mining stocks than we can afford to lose 100% of. Can, can you share with listeners how you're still playing with your initial capital? When you sold your house, took the equity and bet on these little stocks, you're still playing with that money, aren't you? It's crazy. It's been a long, strange, wild ride. I mean, uh, yeah, I put in Exactly about $475,000 when I sold my house in the two years, right? And I don't recommend this at home, please. <laughs> and, um, you know, I was, you know, I, I was, I didn't have any children. I was single, you know, this is something I could afford to do. And, um, 
I did really well. I tripled my money, you know, in, in a few years and, you know, the rest is history. I'm sure most people know the story, but the one thing, my one big rule is, is I never reinvest my capital gains. I always take them out and put them somewhere else. You start doing that, you know, you start to get cocky and you start to, you, you, you start to basically lose your way. So that is a big rule of mine. And that's what's, that's what's kept me in this game with that. I, I, to this day, I still have that much invested. 475 is, is what I have invested and I'll never invest anymore. And hopefully I will be forced to invest any less. But you expect the 475 to go up at least threefold. That's your expectation. Right. It's done so uh, several times already. Yes. Mm -hmm. And each time I learned to take more off the table (laughs) at the top. (laughs) Yeah. You got to keep money to stay in the game too, right? As they say. (laughs) Yes. 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 It's, it's, it's an incredibly, incredibly challenging sector and it's incredibly technical. And, you know, I've been in it 20 years now and I know a lot more than I knew back then. If I, if I didn't know, if I didn't known back then what I know now, I, I probably, I probably wouldn't have done it because now I realize, you know, how, how basically ignorant I was back then. Dave, on and, that point, I was having a conversation with a friend and we were doing a risk reward analysis of a company we were looking at investing in. And then I pointed out that this person who's in, in the industry is ultra bearish and lifted up all the things. And my friend and I looked at it and we had to acknowledge like, we don't know what we don't know in terms of the risk because we don't know this sector as well as this person did. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm learning something every day, you know, every minute of every day I'm, I'm, I'm learning something and I'm trying to pass that knowledge onto my subscribers. And I've, I've learned from them too. You know, I've learned a lot from them. I mean, uh, and and basically having, you know, 300 or so people looking over my shoulder, it forces me to, to sharpen my pencil even more and work harder because, you know, I mean, the, the harder I work and, and, and the better I do, the better my business does because my numbers stay, stay, you know, stay solid. So, you know, it's, it's, it's really a labor of love. And that's what I love about my, my subscribers and my service. It's kind of, it's, it's, we're all in it together. We're all helping each other. And because we all got the same common goal, and that's to beat this incredibly challenging market. Challenging market. And you're going to stick it out. What, Absolutely, what, I'm. I'm sticking it out. <laughs> what, what happened? Because you you have that threshold of 25 percent drop off. You have uh, you know the, the sell point. What happened if it drops 40 percent on like a? Oh, I've got a, I've got a few that are down 40 percent. Um, but you know, my rule is if I if if, if I believe that the sector is making a major bottom then I don't sell after a 20% loss. My 20% loss rule is only during bull markets. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if I mess up my entry point, because, you know, basically you can make up losses really quickly in bull markets, but in bear markets, you just have, you have to be extra cautious, extra careful, and you have to accumulate on weakness. And the uglier that chart gets, you have to reverse your emotions, you know, and, you know, you get with that company and um, you make sure that they have the access to capital. You make sure they got the right project. You make sure that they're raising the money at the right times. You make sure that they've got just as much to lose as you do if the stock goes down. That's a that's a that's a huge one, you know. And that's always the first thing I ask my ask companies when I'm you know when I'm talking to them when I'm considering an investment. You know, how much did you pay for your shares? How much do you own? 
That's a great point. And what I often point out to people about the junior mining sector, Dave, as you mentioned, like critical metals are stealing a little bit of gold thunder here. Mm -hmm. But we like gold, obviously. But in junior mining or in commodities in general, there's usually always a bull market that you can locate. Because I remember this is my second lithium bull market that I missed, <laughs> you know, because I was focusing on gold and silver. And uh, I had some hedge fund managers tell me to avoid lithium back in uh, 2017, 2018. Uh -huh. And uh, I missed two bull markets in lithium because of it. But there's always opportunities at the same time. There's always oh, risk there, like we've lifted up, is. but there's always somewhere you can make money even within junior mining. There is, there is. And, you know, and the, the worse the sentiment gets, the more excited you should get. It's difficult to, to, to do that. It's really difficult to reverse your emotions, you know, when everybody's running around saying, you know, the sky's falling and this, this sector is terrible and I'm selling everything. I mean, that's, that's when you, you have to, you have basically have to reverse your emotions and say, okay, what are the, where are the opportunities out there? And, you know, when the bottoms don't happen as a V bottom, you have all this time to make sure you're in the right companies. But when that, when, when the V bottom happens, like in 2020, you got to make sure you have that watch list ready and you know what, what exactly you're going to buy and you got to do it quick. <laughs> yep. Great point. Well, Dave's website is juniorminerjunkiewithay.com. Go over and check that out. And he has a free uh, Friday evening email that he sends out with his editorial, usually focuses on gold and the junior mining sector uh, with an emphasis on gold. And he'll email that to you every Friday evening if you go sign up for his list. Dave, thank you for coming on the show today and I'm glad you got back safely from PDAC. Thanks, Bill. Always great talking to you. Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10 for 1 returns as there is in small cap and micro cap mining stocks. Concomitant with that, if you don't do the work, or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side, there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too. I just started to study up on mining stocks and I just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really, you could do really, really well or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly. The mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident and just do your work as best you can. Do your very best, but don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited, and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents, but it requires commitment.
This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on miningstockeducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.